This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome, Golf Talk Canada. Good morning, everyone. Chalk. Talking a little golf for the next two hours with Mr. Bob Weeks. Adam Scully will be by momentarily. And Bob, I got to tell you, right out of the gates this morning, I'm feeling like this is a big tease this week. The temperatures in Toronto <laughs> on the board. There's, it can't be coming this early, can it? Oh, yes, it can. And it better. <laughs> Let's hope so. I mean, <laughs> really, with the, with the winter and the stuff we've had and being locked inside, I mean, golf just can't come quick enough. So... Uh, the quicker we can get to this, the better. But you're right. It, there's always a little tease around now, and I bet you we still have one more little snow flurry at some point in the next couple of weeks. But, yeah, double digits is is a good move. When's the earliest you ever played? Can you remember? I remember about four or five years ago, we had a March start, like a late March start. And it's funny because there's, there's some guy who uh, at my club who puts up this, a list of the starting days year by year. Mm-hmm. And you always think you know when it was or when it was, but generally speaking, the opening day at my course is within about a six-day period, year after year after year. It's always pretty close to what it normally is, and, and just goes to show you, Mother Nature doesn't change that much. But I do remember that four or five years ago we had one. What about you? You remember earlier Yeah, than I, that? Think the, I think the earliest I ever played, it wasn't really the kickoff to the season because I remember we played and then actually had to put the clubs away again because we got snow. But I remember playing on St. Patty's day uh, about five, six years ago, Mark said, I think that's the earliest ever played. But then, but again, clubs went away, came back out. Curious that six day window at Weston that you're referring to. Is that is that like second week of April? That always that six day yeah. window. It's is always that it, it, it might be a little more than six days, but it's not more than ten days. It, it, you're right. It's right. always about the some say like the like fifteenth to the twenty fifth somewhere in there, and and the twenty fifth would be the late. But you know maybe it's like the tenth to the twelfth or tenth to the twentieth. I mean, so it's uh, it's pretty close. It's pretty close usually. Well, hopefully it's coming sooner rather than later. Um, in fact, this week, uh, the Ontario Golf Expo kicks off. The National Golf Course Owners Association's online show, the Ontario Expo. So kind of doing it virtually this year. Normally, the Toronto Star Golf and Travel Show kind of kicks off the, the, the interest of the season. But uh, that's happening this week online. Uh, and we're getting closer. we got a busy show, lots to get to. Obviously, huge win from Bryson DeChambeau. We're going to jump into that in our next segment. We'll hear from Bryson, and we'll break this down a little because, Bob, I was listening to you on First Up uh, just about 30 minutes ago, and I'm with you on this, uh, and obviously we're going to talk about his driver, and obviously we're going to talk about things like that because it's fun for the game. But to me, once again, when you peel back the sizzle, I'm with you. It's the putter uh, as to why you get the victory in this one. And there's some numbers to back that up as well. It's not just opinion. Uh, we'll hear from some of the contenders. Corey Connors with his fourth top ten of the year. So, Corey Connors, uh, we didn't get the win, but he's playing well. We'll take a look back as well. Anniversary. Uh, one year ago, Bob, we were at the Players' Championship, and the the plug was pulled on the golf world. It's been a year since COVID. Uh, what do we remember from a year ago? Um what do we what do we think since uh, PJ Tour's job with COVID, reopening the tour? Um, I remember being at Detroit for my first event back and how eerie and uncomfortable that was. 
uh, for my first time, all involved as well. Just like crossing the border was like an eerie experience. Never mind, you know, calling golf in front of nobody. It was it was absolutely bizarre. We got winners where to what? Scully's going to jump in. Uh, we're going to give away more meat. I, how, how was the lamb, Bob? Oh, it was unbelievable. Big rack of lamb, and I'm a big lamb guy, and uh, I can tell you it was sensational. We got the big porterhouse steak yet to come, so we'll see. I thought so Scully had the, the big tomahawk steak. I think he uh, he ate it raw, though, you know him. He just, well, well, yeah, right, holding he, the bone, sort of like Flintstone style. That's it. He Flintstone it. He squatted 500 pounds, and then it ate, ate the tomahawk, just holding the bone, walking <laughs> around the house with the tomahawk. Uh, we're going to give away another $100 gift card uh, for Mr. Butcher uh, at the end of Hour 1. Some trivia. But first, let's get to some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Everybody knows one. All right, Sandbagger, looking forward to cracking open one of those soon in the spring. As the warm weather comes, my drinking habits change. I, I start moving out of, like, my red wine lane into stuff like, you know, I'll have a sandbagger. Let's have a gin and tonic, you know? It's, yes. It's, it's, yes, it's a, it, drinking season's unbelievable. Okay, Bob, <laughs> uh, news and headlines. Like I said, we will obviously get to Bryson in the next segment, but uh, big news out of Brooks Kepka uh, withdrawing from the Players' Championship. Man, I can't remember the last time Brooks was healthy. I mean, this started back in 2017 with wrist problem, then a knee problem. This is the knee again, but a different knee. Yeah, first it used to be last year it was the left knee. Now it's the right knee. We don't really know the 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 depth of this injury. It said it was a strain. Uh, I don't know what that means. I don't know how he got it, and I don't know how it affects his golf swing. Uh, but it was just sort of finally, maybe about three weeks ago, like when he was winning at uh, at Waste Management, when he said, "Oh yeah, I feel healthy now." And that was the first time I'd heard him say that in a year and a half or so, maybe a little more. And now, boom, he's uh, he's right back on the uh, in the injury list and. Uh, this is not a tournament you generally want to miss either, so you know it must be a fairly serious or significant anyway injury. Yeah, the, you know, when you're skipping the players, I mean, it, it's not just bothering you. You know, it, there's something going on here uh, if you're skipping the players' championship. Also, you know, coming off an off week this week as well, so maybe that was the play all along. I'll, I'll not play Arnold Palmer, see how I feel, and if it's good, we'll go, and if not, we won't. Obviously, now he's probably thinking a little bit more further ahead to Augusta. Certainly wants to be healthy and ready to go for the Masters. We're only a month away, but uh, if you're looking for a silver lining, it's the right knee. And as a right-handed golfer, not that you know you got to use both legs, obviously, but that post-up leg on the left leg would certainly be a bigger concern, especially with the history of the knee on the left. Okay, I almost use this as my winner this week, and winner's weird and what, because I was so happy... Uh, and thrilled to see that the membership at Beacon Hall voted against selling the land and developing the golf course. They decided to keep it as a golf club and continue the, the, the lineage of being one of Canada's really greatest golf courses, Bob. I love Beacon Hall. I think it's the toughest test in the province. Um, it kicks my butt every time I go out there. I've never had a good round of golf at Beacon Hall. I love Beacon Hall, uh, but I, I, it literally kicks my butt. But I'm was so happy to get this news. I was texting with a member there uh, yesterday who told me that it was very close. So they needed two thirds uh, to to get this through, and apparently sixty three percent voted in favor of selling. So it wasn't far off. Every member would have got $990,000, basically a million bucks. 
Uh, but there was a big push by some of the more established members. And, and now this person said to me that what they want to do is, um, is because they've got this vote of confidence, almost, I guess, not, not a huge vote of confidence when the 3% decides the difference, is they want to try and fix this place up a little bit, like uh, spend a little money on, uh, on you know, because if, you, if you're thinking about selling it, obviously you're not going to put any money into the golf course. So now that that's kind of over the hump, they want to say maybe redo the greens and uh, fix up some of the bunkers. So we'll see if that happens or if uh, they have another vote in a year from now. Yeah, I've got a good I've got a good friend there, Mr. Hugh Brown, uh, who's also a member at the uh, Toronto Hunt with me as well. Hugh's a good friend. We've been, been on many golf trips together, etc. And I was just about to text him to borrow some money because I thought he would be flush <laughs> with it. You know, fresh million coming. Like winning a lottery. But, yeah, apparently, Bob, I can't uh, ask him for any money at the moment for the loan. So, but but great news, great golf course, and uh, can't wait to see what they do. And Dustin Curtailer, our good friend Dustin, now the new head golf professional up at Beacon Hall. Okay, uh, big news out of Golf Canada as well. Liz Hoffman, new uh, president, uh, member at uh, Thornhill. Uh, been a board member, Bob, since 2012. Uh, great amateur career for Liz. Um, very popular uh, choice here, I believe. Oh, we lost Bob's microphone. She's got a couple of good sons oh, to play golf. Yeah, I got a. She's she's very popular. You know, as you said, Golf Ontario. Oh, there you go. Uh, golf Ontario uh, member and. Uh, or president at one point. I, she's just a real go-getter. I really have a lot of time for Liz, and I think she's going to do wonderful things. Great, you know, Charlie Bellio, who was uh, there before, was also a great guy. So they've had a, a good string of presidents who are really making a difference, I think. And listen, this is uh, this is probably going to be another tough year, so uh, they're going to need some good leadership there with uh, the at least the RBC Canadian Open looking like it maybe will probably be canceled. We don't know about the CP Women's Open, but... Uh, lots of amateur events, too. You want to try and get those back on the books this year. So it's going to be an interesting year. Yeah, another challenging year. We're still waiting on an official announcement uh, from uh, Golf Canada or the PGA Tour on the on the future, the, the 2021 future of the RBC Canadian Open. We will wait and see. And on the heels of the uh, Liz, uh, as our news and headlines, happy National Women's Day as well, we should uh, uh, suggest, because I believe uh, today is the yeah. day, is it not? Yes. Yeah, so... Uh, if not, my wife is probably is. Uh, looking at me sideways when I uh, said that to her this morning. So if I'm wrong, <laughs> she's going to go, what's wrong with you, Mark? All right. On the other side, Bryson. Wow. What a performance. And again, Bob, doing it on a golf course where putting it in the fairway is important. When you look at Wingfoot, when you look at uh, Bay Hill, the way it was set up, th these if he is just bomb and gouge, and that's what this is about, that these are not setups he should win on, yet he's winning on these setups. So we're going to get into it next. We'll break down the Arnold Palmer Invitational and Bryson's victory now as he moves uh, to number six in the official World Golf Ranking. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade. Experience the drives every golfer wants to hit and no golfer wants to follow. With the all-new Sim 2 driver, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. I was inside the other day, Bob, hitting some golf balls for the first time in a while. Uh, I think the last time nice. I might have touched a club for real and put in, put in a practice session was, oh, I can't even tell you, but 
I, I have my new Sim 2 fairway woods. Um, love them. Yeah, they're going straight into the bag, like not even thinking. Like I, 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 I went straight home, <laughs> and I took the old ones out and put the new ones immediately in. There's no hesitation. They are awesome. They just uh, the head. The, I like the smaller head and the little extra weight at the bottom. I mean, I'm hitting it like I was obviously we're hitting it in a simulator, but 13 degrees is kind of flying uh, more like 15, 16 degrees in terms of, of how high it's going already and because of the weight at the bottom. It's really good. Have you, have you got yours yet? I haven't got them yet. No, are you getting are you getting lots of spin off that? Can't hear uh, I, I, you know, I didn't really see too much on the spin numbers, uh, but uh, but but this but the launch angle looked really good. I'll have to wait till I get into the simulators at the Toronto Hunt because we got really great sims at the mm. hunt. So once those open, once we move into the like the red zone, uh, we'll be able to get in there. Okay, Bryson DeChambeau moves to six in the world. We finally have a two-time winner now on the PGA Tour. Last week, when winners were to what, we were suggesting that this is like the longest stretch since 1994 <laughs> that we had to wait uh, to have a two-time winner on the PGA Tour. We finally get one. He vaults the first place in the FedEx Cup points list. But to your point earlier this morning, Bob, on first up, when you were talking to the boys, he was a half a shot. Uh, better than the field each day, a half shot better than the field each day in strokes gained off the tee. And, of course, you know, we're going to talk about the big drives and, and, you know, all the kind of sizzle that comes with how far he hits it, swinging it at like over 130 miles per hour ball speed. But on Sunday, to your point this morning, he was more than two shots better to the field with his putter ball on Sunday. More than two shots just with one club in the final round. Is that not the real story here? I think so. I think when you look at um, when you look at how he was putting, and and how many key putts he made to kind of keep the momentum going, like the I would say the putt on the 50 foot putt he sank on 11th hole for par. I mean that was a backbreaker. He looks like he's going to drop back and give a stroke back to the field and boom right into the bottom of the cup. And the other thing that I liked about him was you know we talk about how far he hits his driver. But think about how far he hits his wedges. And there was another hole where he, a 15th hole, he's in a deep, long, gnarly rough. It's uh, 168 yards, and he hits a wedge out to the middle of the green. I'm not sure if there's anybody else on the PGA Tour who could have hit that shot out of that lie and got it to stop where, where it was on that green because that's, again, another huge advantage that you don't think about. You think, oh, yeah, he's hitting a 370 down the middle, uh, but there's so many advantages that he has in his game right now. It's... When the courses are tough, you know, like you said before, U.S. Open style course, uh, uh, Bay Hill was playing like that. He's he's got a huge advantage out of those deep rough, and if he can keep it in the fairway off the tee. You know, it's kind of interesting, Bob, because people occasionally, and we're going to hear from Bryson here momentarily. He had the opportunity to speak with Steve Sands before we get to that interview. Uh, people ask, or I'm sure that, you know you've spoken to people about this as well. What's the difference between power? and speed because everybody on the pga tour has speed there's no one nobody's swinging it anymore 100 miles an hour 110 is two or average uh, the 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 fastest players in the world are up around 120 uh, bryson's obviously over 130 but but that's the difference between speed and power is it not the power to gouge it out of the, the rough to obviously you're further down the fairway so you're using wedge instead of 
you know, eight iron or seven iron. So there's the advantage in the shorter club being able to hit a wedge. But is that not the, the almost the definition between power and speed on display right there with what you're talking about, about that wedge shot? Yeah, definitely. Listen, you know, do you know the long driver, Jamie Sedlowski, from St. Paul, Alberta? And he's actually trying to make it as a regular tour player, but a four-time world long drive champion. He is built like a stick. And he can generate speed, obviously, because he's a long drive champion. But Bryson generates the power with that. That's the other side, like you're saying. You know, there's, there's guys on a long drive who are big speed guys who can get that club head speed up and can hit the ball a long way. But trying to get gouge it out of the rough, trying to hit it uh, and get some spin on it or even just advancing at 168 yards rather than 68 yards, uh, that's, that's the difference that Bryson has. Yeah, it's a big difference. He gets his second victory of the year. He moves to first in the FedEx Cup. He moves to sixth in the official World Golf Ranking. Vaults up a Ryder Cup list for Team USA. After his victory, he had the opportunity to speak with Steve Sands from Golf Channel. Thank you. With the winner, Bryson DeChambeau. A lot of drama here on the 18th green. Way different conditions today than we've seen the first three days. How much of a battle was it out there? Man, well, first off, I, I got to thank uh, my sponsors, Bridgestone Tour BX and, you know, Cobra Rat Speed and uh, HD Golf and uh, a bunch of other, other sponsors as well, Rolex and um, OneStream Software. They've, they've all been instrumental in helping me be here. Uh, but I will say it's been quite a battle this whole whole entire time. Uh, I, you know, I don't even know what to say to at Mr. Palmer's event. It is, uh, it's going to make me cry. Dan was just talking about how much you met him, how much he meant to you, and now you're a winner at his Bay Hill Club and Lodge. What is the significance of this win? Uh, it means the world to me, you know. I got a text from Tiger this morning, and, um, you know, he obviously had done really well here and, and was very instrumental in, in uh, Mr. Palmer's life, as Mr. Palmer was to Tiger. And, um, you know, we just talked about just keep fighting no matter what happens and, you know, play ball like Mr. Palmer uh, said and uh, you know my heart has been heavy with Tiger and what's been going on with him and uh, I just kept telling myself you know it's not how many times you get kicked down it's about how many times you can get picked back up and you keep going um, and that's what I certainly did out there today and it's thanks to Chris Como, Mike Shy, and uh, a bunch of others uh, behind me that have, that have been instrumental. Congratulations on the win. Thank you. Well, first off, I'm insulted that he didn't thank us because by the time you get to the end of that list, I think we are the only ones left to be thanked on that list. But uh, listen, it's a great win for him. It's a big win for him. want to throw something at you, Bob, because uh, there was some coverage of this. Obviously, Golf Channel uh, uh, you know, did a recap, and a lot of the conversation on Golf Channel was about you know, Bryson's putting these guys on notice, and he is, you know, hitting it so much further, and speed, 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 and guys at this level are going to have to start chasing speed and start chasing power. I, I don't think that's the case. Early, I want your take on this. Earlier this week, I hosted an event for MasterCard, and it was obviously a virtual event, and, and our two guests were Graham McDowell and Justin Rose. And obviously veterans, Graham McDowell certainly would be considered a shorter hitter in today's standard. And, and a question was posed to them from, from our online audience. This was even prior to Bryson's win. Do, do you feel the need now to search for more speed? Do you feel the need now that this, you know, you've got to hit it further. You're going to train, the, you know, in a new way, practice in a new way. Both players said no, Bob. And the reason they said no is they said there's no guarantees at the end of 12 months, 
that if I were to commit to do what Bryson did, that I would come out any better. First of all, we don't know how much speed we would get, and we don't know what would happen to our golf game, our swing, our body at the end of that 12 months to, 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 to justify the risk involved. What Bryson did, when you break it down and you hear players in the world talk like that, it makes it even more amazing that, that what he went through. And I'm, I don't think we're going to see a chase for speed, do you? No, I don't think so. I, I mean, I think it's easy to get lost in the Bryson hype after he's just won. But let's go back to November last year at the Masters. He was a disaster, right? And I think the the farther you hit the ball, the longer you hit the ball, uh, the more speed you have, uh, you have to be really precise. You know, your misses are going to be a, 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 that much bigger. And and we've seen that. With I'm not saying that Bryson can't win and won't be a dominating player, but there's a lot of ways to get the ball around the golf course. And just look at just look at the sixth hole. Um, the other day when you know Bryson hits it to within 88 yards he's a hundred what was it 165 yards further than or thereabouts than Lee Westwood they both both walked off the green with a birdie you know there's lots of different ways to get the ball in the hole and I always like to point out that uh, uh, that Jim Furyk who's never hit a 300 yard drive in his life is third on the all-time career money list so um, you know you can you can make a lot of money as long as you hit it straight and you and you have a good putter hay uh, 100% there was almost 200 yards between those two on that hole on Sunday was that absolutely what it was? Okay. incredible yeah. and 20 in 20 years between them too bob uh, as yeah. Lee Westwood's 47 and Bryson Shambo. Okay, we're going to go to break on the other side. We're going to hear from some of the contenders, including Corey Connors. Before we get to break, Bob, if the Masters was starting Thursday, I'm going to use the Masters because the Players' Championship is a very different golf tournament, very different golf course. We see outliers at the players that we typically don't see at Augusta. And obviously this week with our return to Golf Talk, golf Talk Canada Television, uh, you, Adam, and I will, will give our picks for the Players' Championship, who we like and why. If it was Augusta starting Thursday, and this was the Masters, is Bryson the favorite? No, I don't think so. Uh, I think just because of what happened last year, I'd be a little bit nervous. Um, <laughs> I don't know who would be the favorite. I was going to say Dustin Johnson, but he's had a couple of couple of stinkers recently. So I don't know. It's uh, He's going to be among the favorites, but I don't think he's the clear favorite by any means. I don't have I you? think uh, I think I would put him there. I think uh, he really shot himself in the foot last year. Wednesday night, playing with uh, different shafts, uh, lengths, uh, going about back and forth between a forty-five and a forty-eight-inch driver. I mean, it was it was suicide. It was master suicide, and he kind of got what he deserved. You can only tinker so much. I think this year, when we get to Augusta, hopefully that game's over. And he's settled into a driver, and he's going to go with it. And I think if he settles into a driver and, and doesn't get obsessed with finding four more miles an hour, I think watch out for Bryson and Augusta. Time will tell. we got lots of big golf between now and then. Okay, on the other side, Corey Connors, his fourth top ten of the year. Wasn't the Sunday he was looking for. Great performance. We'll take a look at him. And Spieth and Rory back in the mix. But Rory seems to be a little lost in the wilderness. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by TaylorMade. Experience the drives every golfer wants to hit and no golfer wants to follow with the all-new Sim 2 driver, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. 
Welcome back to GTC Zakino Week. Scully will be by an hour or two. We're still going to give away Mr. Butcher gift card. And we've got 20 weeks of tailor-made news. No exact details yet going to come out soon, but there's going to be more ways to win 20 weeks of tailor-made in 2021. So looking forward to that. And we have Winners Weird and What coming up in the second hour as well of GTC. Uh, Bob, Corey Connors, uh, another solid finish. His fourth top 10 of the year, but... Uh, you know, falls a little shy on Sunday. We're still waiting for a Canadian victory this season on the PGA Tour. Uh, but more positives, I would think, than negatives coming into a... You know, I think... Am I wrong to believe that these harder golf courses, these types of setups, kind of fall more into Corey Connors' kind of lap? I think so. You know, I think his his big... Uh... Uh, his big strength is hitting fairways and hitting greens. We've talked about that a lot of times on the, on this show, and I think um, that's always more difficult to do on the tougher setups. I, I what I really liked about Corey was just his game plan, his demeanor, his calmness as he walked around. Like he, in, in other times earlier in his career, when he even even when he won, you know, I sensed that he was kind of a little nervous, maybe try to press a little bit, which is a natural reaction for a young golfer to get out there. Hey. These guys are making birdies. I'm not. I got to press a little bit. But he didn't do any of that on Sunday, and he took his took his uh, you know took his time, walked around the golf course, and all of a sudden he makes that eagle on 16, and he's within one. You know, it didn't work out for him, obviously. And and a lot of times when you know when you win, you got to get those breaks, those putts lip in rather than lip out. But I just thought that uh, I thought that he looked really good and really comfortable being in the leader being in the leader's pack, I guess. And so I I, I think that bodes well for him going forward. Certainly does. 66, 69, 71, 74, coming into a stre- stretch of golf where I think the golf courses are going to line up well for Corey Connors. Let's hear now from Corey Connors. It was a challenge. Uh, definitely a battle out there. I uh, made, made some nice uh, saves, started the round. Um, just uh, didn't get the putts to fall today. The greens were rolling really fast. Uh, the ball seemed to never stop. Uh, so it was very challenging. Um, gave myself uh, gave myself a shot. I made a really great eagle on 16 that uh, you know felt pretty good. And um, bogey the last two wasn't great, but really, uh, really challenging golf holes. And I'm sure I wasn't the only one. Yeah, it was a tough Sunday, a very different Sunday. Uh, Bay Hill with the conditions, obviously thick rough in uh, important to put in the fairway but when the wind kicks up and the greens get hard that was a very different test down in Orlando Lee Westwood finishes one back of Bryson DeChambeau solo second a uh, huge move up the FedEx Cup points list for uh, Lee Westwood 69 71 65 73 Lee Westwood at the age of 47 keeps telling everybody stop asking me about the champions tour I still got good golf left in me uh, let's hear now from second place finisher Lee Westwood it was great to have people watching again, you know, I'm the kind of person that, you know, feeds off a, a, a crowd, a gallery. And, uh, you know, I, I really struggled when we came out of lockdown and, you know, we were playing tournaments without fans, you know. I was enthusiastic, but it, I wasn't as enthusiastic, you know, as normal. And, uh, you know, it's nice to see people out there and people cheering and shouting your name. And, you know, it creates an atmosphere and an environment that's nicer to play golf in. Uh, it certainly does. Love hearing the fans back. Love seeing uh, galleries back. Okay, Bob, outside of Bryson DeChambeau and obviously uh, the Corey Connor story, the two stories coming out of Bay Hill that leap out of the page for me are Jordan Spieth 
and Rory McIlroy. Jordan Spieth continuing his good play, but a Sunday 75 in hard conditions. I'm I'm with you where you were sitting on Jordan Spieth. I heard you talk to the boys this morning. You're not 100% there yet. Neither am I. I'll, I'll tell you why, and, and then I want to know why you're not there because you didn't have a chance to go too deep on it. For me, the reason I'm not there yet is there's still a lot of carnival uh, behavior going on here, right? I mean, like, there's windmills, clowns, noses. I mean, let's look at his start to this golf tournament on Saturday. He birdies the first hole, jars his second, uh, jars an ace on the second hole, and then snap hooks his drive into the water on three, makes a 40-footer to save par. I mean, I get the feeling that Jordan's playing better, has confidence, but I feel like he's still holding on for dear life. Like, this could go off the rails at any second. There doesn't seem to be any control calmness in his game that's how i feel where are you on this like why do you not feel he's there yet i'm exactly the same as you i just feel like he's a a car speeding down the road with no brakes you know and he's veering in and out of lanes to try and avoid hitting anybody and sometimes he's going to do that and he's going to do it well and get across the finish line uh and and be in good shape but there's other times you know where it's not going to happen and as you pointed out it's that driver listen he's still 181st in strokes gained off the tee so he's still got that driver to deal with, and as long as he still has that, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not sold on him, even though if you look at his last four finishes, I think fourth, third, 15th, and fourth now. So he really is playing some good golf. We've got to give him credit for that. 100%. If he could just become a mediocre driver of the golf ball, he'll win again. But he needs to go from horrible to average in order for that to happen, and maybe it happens by the time we get to Augusta. Let's hear from Jordan Spieth. Finishing five, five, four, five, just that stings, you know. I mean, you gotta, you gotta be, um, you probably gotta shoot even or under par on those last four to have a chance from the position I was in, and um, I gave myself enough opportunities to do so, and uh, I didn't do anything wrong. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very happy with the way that I played the round today, knowing going out it was going to be really challenging, and it just wasn't my day. I mean, I hit right lip, right lip, left lip, high lip, low lip. I mean, it was. Um, Greens got super crusty, and it was just, I mean, the couple that I made, I thought I missed, and the ones I thought I made, I missed. It was a, it was weird. All right, uh, you hear it there, he, he kind of picking his lines, hitting his edges, nothing falling. It was a Sunday 75, but another good performance for Jordan Spieth as he trends in the right direction, but again, needs to be better off the tee. And certainly, uh, coming into the week at the Players' Championship, I don't know if that's a Jordan Spieth type of golf course right now. You miss the fairway at Bay Hill most of the time, with the exception of a couple holes, you're going to get some bad lies in the rough. You start missing fairways at the Players' Championship, you're not going to have bad lies, you're going to have penalty strokes, because of pretty much red lines bordering almost every single hole, Bob, on that golf course. All right, Rory McIlroy, to me... Uh, is the other story coming out of Bay Hill where I'm scratching my head, Bob. It's been a couple years. We haven't seen a victory from Rory. Every time he looks like he's trending in the right direction, it goes the wrong way. You know, he he was kind of looking like at the WGC he was going to break through last week. Doesn't happen. Rough weekend. Opens this golf tournament with a 66. This is a golf course he's done exceptionally well at. Here he is, 66, 71, 72, 76. It goes the wrong direction every day, further down the rabbit hole. I, I, I don't know technically what's wrong here. Obviously, the wedges are, wedges are things that you and I have discussed. The, you know, his wedges need to get better. We all get that. But to me, this is an energy thing. Did you hear some of his comments about talking about he needs something different. He needs a change. He's not feeling it. I, I'm, 
I'm concerned that Rory is, is just not in a good place right now. Yeah, he says he needs a spark and needs to kind of get something going to, to help him get along. But he does, it doesn't, it's not like, uh, when you see him miss those wedge shots and some of the putts, it's not like he doesn't know how to hit them or play them or can't do it through the round. They just sort of come up like flags all of a sudden. And, and I don't know what leads to that, but it, to me it sort of speaks to headworms. And uh, maybe, he, maybe he needs a, either a little more intensity or maybe he needs a little bit more Lee Westwood just having fun. There's somewhere in there where I think he's got to get a kickstart because and, and, I think the game is, is actually all there when his head is involved with it. I think he needs a kick, Bob, to your point. I think he needs some eye of the tiger. You know, I think it's too, he's too aloof. And I'm not saying he doesn't care. And I'm certainly not saying he doesn't try. But I mean, you know, okay, so he's got Harry on the bag, right? Uh, so he's got his buddy on his golf bag. Uh, they've created this kind of, uh, you hear how verbal he is, how many times he's verbalized how he envies Dustin Johnson, that kind of DJ just goes about his business and nothing bother, bothers him, da-da-da. I think Rory needs a kick in the butt, and, and I, I've, said, I've tried to talk about this narrative in the past, and I'm thinking, you know, not a shot at Harry, who's a great guy, and, and actually not a, and a pretty good player as well, but... I wonder if Rory could use a guy like a Steve Williams on the golf bag to give him that kick in the stomach and, and fire him up when he needs it. Do you think there's something there that maybe Rory could use something like that, Bob, or am I looking too deep on this? No, I agree with you 100%. I, think, I don't think the game, I don't think his, the way he's swinging the club, uh, the, the physical part of that is the issue here. I think it's the mental part. I think it's something going on in there. Maybe he needs a change. Maybe he needs... Uh, some excitement. I, I don't know. Maybe he needs just to even get in a hunt down the stretch and battle it out or something like a Ryder Cup style thing. Maybe that's where he gets all juiced up and, and has plays great uh, no matter what's going on. But he just can't seem to find that kind of groove anymore. Well, he ends up falling down this leaderboard every day. Started with that 66. Looks like it looked like it was going to be a real great week for Rory McIlroy, but instead, uh, kind of doesn't really uh, get his uh, name in into the ring at any point here. And another disappointing week. Let's hear from Rory McIlroy. There is some good parts this week again. Um, some stuff that I'm sort of I don't know what the the word is or how to describe it, but just a little dejected or I don't know like maybe like maybe looking to go in a different direction I don't know I need something I need a spark I need something and there you hear there it is Bob you hear I need a spark I need something and if you're looking at you know his play his finishes his finishes are fine he's got like large bucket of top 10s and top 20 stuff like that but this is Rory McIlroy it's been ages since we've seen him win and he certainly is bigger than that and technically the defending champion this week you know because the last time we handed out a trophy at the players championship was 2019 he won but where are you are you on him bob coming into this week i i think that this could turn very quickly i think this is the kind of thing where you know i know we've seen this for a while now but as you said the finishes aren't bad uh he's 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 posted some good finishes but i think there could be one little thing that changes it all um gets him in the hunt like a like a like a if if it had been him and uh and and Bryson down the stretch yesterday that might have been the kind of thing that would have turned him around but um I I'm not I don't think it's a long-term 
illness here with this right now, to be perfectly honest. Well, it will be interesting to see. We should note he has fallen outside the top 10 in the official world golf ranking for the first time in quite some time. Wakes up this morning at number 11. And I don't think anybody, any of us saw that coming heading into this season. Okay, on the other side, we're going to give away a Mr. Butcher $100 gift card and tee up hour two. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Welcome back, Golf Talk Canada. Okay, let's give away a $100 gift card for Mr. Butcher. That's Mr. I-M-I-S-T-E-R, if you're looking into it. $100 gift card for Mr. Butcher. Of course, our winners will go into a final draw this year where we will give away a barbecue, a backyard barbecue for you and your nine best buddies. Uh, ten people. It's going to be great. And uh, maybe we'll do it on a Monday and we'll do the show. I got to think, you know, we're going to be, it's August, so we're all going to be pretty close to being all vaccinated and opened up society, knock on wood. So COVID restrictions Hopefully not really in place come August. Maybe we can do a backyard barbecue, Bob, and do the show. I uh, if there's a backyard barbecue for ten, I'm gonna do. Um, I'm gonna invite you and Scully, and that's it, because because that'll be with the way Scully eats and the way I've seen you <laughs> some of the stuff that you had on your Instagram with the steaks and you're eating. We might eat for ten. <laughs> we'll I hear see. That we could do some damage, and our friends at Sandbagger as well are going to come out with the Sandbagger Hard uh, Gin Seltzer. They're going to come out for the barbecue as well for our grand prize in the oh, summer, party. so looking forward to that. Okay, we want to know, with Corey Connors' third-place finish this week at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, with Corey Connors' third-place finish, how many top tens now does Corey Connor have this season? 870-1050, 870-1050. The first correct caller, 870-1050. How many top tens does Corey Connors have now this season after his top ten uh, at the Arnold Palmer Invitational? 870-1050. We're looking for the first caller. And if you're listening to our repeat this evening on uh, 7 and 9, uh, please don't call uh, because... Uh, <laughs> Because uh, we've, already eat, going, we've already eaten the meat. Yeah, the meat's gone. So we're looking for top tens. How many top tens does he now have uh, after his uh, his uh, third place finish this week at the Arnold Palmer Invitational? Want to give a happy birthday to Elena Sharp, Bob. Uh, celebrated her 40th birthday this week on the LPGA Tour. So happy birthday to Elena Sharp. Uh, not the tournament her and Brooke were looking for this week on the LPGA Tour. Did you catch any of it, Bob? Kind of a neat golf course they were playing. It was kind of cool. I like the I like the idea that uh, what they had going there, and um, yeah, I caught a little bit of it. Yeah, Brooke wasn't uh, really in the mix, which is it's so rare now when you watch a, a, a tournament like that, and she's not somewhere up near the top ten or challenging for the lead. And uh, Elena Sharp admitted that she's got a couple of struggles going on, but she's battling through them, so she'll get that figured out, I think. Um, but yeah, and and this is the first time I think first time or second time in like twelve years that. Americans have won the first three LPGA Tour events on the calendar. Wow, it's, uh, yeah. it's such an international tour. It's, uh, it's remarkable. 
to be honest. It is pretty remarkable when you, when you, when you think of some of those uh, numbers. Because for a while there, we were not seeing any American flags for a stretch there on the LPGA Tour. Uh, right. And the official World Golf Rankings the, 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 for, for the uh, ladies game kind of looked the same as well. There's not a lot of American flags near no. the top. But, uh, Austin Ernst, though, with a nice win. And you're right, you know, that Golden Ocala golf course uh, designed by a guy named Ron Garl. As my, if my memory is correct, and he did uh, Taboo up in uh, Muskoka region as well. But it's it's kind of an inspired by golf course, Golden Ocala. I think yeah, they had some holes yeah. that look similar to other other holes. So it's a, it's kind of a neat spot. Now speaking of holes, we're gonna <clears throat> excuse me open up hour two with a conversation with Adam. Players Championship is this upcoming week, 16, 17, and eighteen. Um, arguably uh, gets credit for potentially. The, the greatest finish in tournament golf. Uh, where does it stack up? We're going to, uh, you know, chew it. Where does it stack up in terms of just stretches of golf? Is it the best finish? Uh, how you feel about it? But it got me thinking, Bob, because a few weeks ago we're Riviera. It got me thinking, what's the best hole on the PGA Tour? Now, when I say the best hole on the PGA Tour, I'm talking from a viewer experience, Bob, that makes that's fun it's exciting etc i'm not saying you know what's the toughest hole or uh you know what's the strongest par four because obviously that's a different conversation if we're breaking down just the quality of hole t degree but for you if you had to pick one hole for tournament golf on the pga tour one hole what do you think the best hole on the pga tour is because for me it's 10 at riviera and i'm even more i thought i always thought it was 10 at riviera and now after watching this year's uh, uh, tournament i'm even more so the 10 at riviera might be my favorite hole on the pga tour you know what's interesting about both those holes and and this kind of came up after watching riviera like you said is how split people are like 10 at riviera 17 at sawgrass how split people are as to whether they're actually good holes or they're just kind of intriguing holes. You know what I mean? Like, like right. there were some some people this year talking about ten, saying, "Yeah, I don't know. It's fun to watch, but I don't know if it's a really good golf hole." Um, trying to think of some other ones that are. Well, I know Ralph are... Bauer was certainly feeling that way when we spoke to Ralph uh, yeah. about that, and I know a few of the players because it's on the edge, Bob. Is it not? Especially, it's it's on the edge now because over the years they have lost. Uh, square footage of the putting surface where the edges have gotten so sharp that the actual landing area of where you can put the golf ball now uh, has just gotten smaller and smaller and smaller and has made it so much so so much more of an extreme hole. But I would argue this, Bob, at Tenet Riviera, you can if if you can't stand there from 270 yards and because that's what it is to the layup spot short left and just hit hit a 270 yard proper layup and open up that green, they can't do it. If they hit that shot, it's an easy golf hole. If you just drop it in that front left, you know, 15 yards off the front left edge, and you can pitch it up the green all day. The problem is they can't put it there. <laughs> well, the tough, it was interesting. There were some analytics this, uh, this year that showed that the guys who actually go for it end up making more birdies or having a lower overall average score than guys who lay up. So maybe it is you rip it and maybe hope it ends up in a bunker or something and try and get up and down or what it is. And, and you know, 17 is, a, is another one at Sawgrass where you sit there and say, I don't know. Like if you talk to most of the pros, they don't mind the hole. I think the bigger concern is that where it is, where it falls in, in the lineup. It's yeah. such a, a big determination on what goes on. 
on that golf tournament, you know, being the 17th late in the day. So um, let me know we'll have a good conversation with this when we get back here with Scully. But man, it's uh, it's if, if it certainly makes you talk about it, that's a good hole by my, my standard. So if you had to pick one off the top of your head on the PG Tour, do you have a favorite hole? Do you have something oh. that you go, oh, man, I just every year I just can't wait to see the guys go through here? You have a favorite hole like that? And well, maybe maybe I, it's not, not an annual. Like maybe it's something that, you know, in an open championship. Yeah. That I mean, it's easy to go to Augusta and look at uh, a thousand holes there. You know, the hole that I like at Augusta that uh, that is to me is very intriguing is 11. I find that hole... Uh, I think there's so much risk reward on that second shot, and just so many guys are just afraid to take that hole on, probably wisely. But, uh, but that to, to me is a really uh, uh, an intriguing hole. I love that hole. Was it 2004, Bob? The first year where we went back, and there was the forest up the right side of 11, over almost overnight. Was that 04? They brought in the largest tree planter in the world they had to bring it in from europe i think it was to come in and when they put little tree you know when they put trees up in some areas they don't put like little saplings you know that you get at uh, no, no. the garden at no, the no. garden center they pulled in like 30 40 year old trees they planted it in you're sort of going what is going on here that changed the whole dynamic of that hole it was unbelievable overnight I, one year we're there it's the widest fairway on one of the widest fairways on the pg tour it looks like something you could drop a kapalua the next year i'm like this forest just grew overnight <laughs> oh, congratulations michael Bukowski. michael Bukowski, he uh wins the mr butcher hundred dollar gift card and is in the pool for the remainder of the uh, season so he'll have a chance at that big barbecue uh as well and michael if you're not following us on social media you want to follow us at golf talk canada because 20 weeks tailor-made is coming back we're gonna have news on that at the end of the show as well we're gonna kick off hour two where does 16 17 and 18 fall in the game of golf is it the best finish is it the greatest stretch of holes how are we breaking this down is it based on volatility uh in terms of as a spectator or versus a player. I think, you know, a lot of people are going to say that, you know, uh, 11, 12, and 13 are the best stretch of holes in the game of golf at Augusta National, but it's not the finish. There's so many contenders, so many great stretches, but I certainly think 16, 17, and 18 has their place. What does Bob and Adam think of where it belongs? We'll kick it off with our two coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit golftalkcanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back, Golf Talk Canada Hour 2. Weeksy, Zucchino, and now Adam Scully joining us. Skulls, how's it going? Gentlemen, great to be back here. What an event uh, last week. Great win for Bryson DeChambeau. A close call for Corey Connors, but good to be with you both today. 
Yeah, good to have you. Congratulations on the new home purchase, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. It's I been like a wild it. stretch. It's going to be a wilder stretch or more wild stretch, perhaps, I should say, for the next little bit, but very excited. Thank you. I, uh, my my uh, Mrs. Golf Talk Canada is concerned about some of your decor choices and why you would turn your living room into a gymnasium in mm. your first home purchase. But other than that, I, you know, we'll have to get Just, into that. Saturday afternoon watching golf on the squat bench. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guys, uh, you program it is something we uh, started uh, chatting about this year where we asked our Twitter audience, social media audience, you know, what topics um, they want us to tackle that maybe we're not tackling or just have an opportunity to talk about something that uh, isn't necessarily in the news and headlines. A lot of talk this week is going to be about the 17th, the Island Green, um, one of the most famous holes in the world, uh, one of the most photographed holes in the world. But to me, it's really about 16, 17, and 18. Um, Adam, where does that fall for you in, in terms of stretch of holes? Let's break this up in two ways. In terms of championship golf, tournament championship golf, for me, it's the best finish, hands down. It's the greatest last three holes, the greatest finish of any golf course. Where does it stack for you in the finish, and where does it stack for you overall stretch of holes because when you go overall and 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 break up the 16 17 and 18 part of it well now you open up a whole different can of worms because now you're into obviously amen corner uh you're into holes four through ten at pebble beach that never leave the ocean that may be the the most uh, most picturesque holes i mean so there's two conversations here let's start with the first one where's it land for you and finishes and finishes it's up there, maybe top three or four sort of thing. 16 is so a great part So what do you put five. ahead of it? Carnoustie. For me, that's, that's immediately where I go to. I mean, the way it played back in 2018 for the Open Championship was very different because it was just so firm. And it and also they didn't played get very... the west wind. If you get exactly. a west wind, it's brutal, to your point. You got, there was an east wind. And it was hard and fast. It took the teeth out of the final five, to your point. Exactly. To a degree. I mean, the 16th hole is a long par three. 17 was, you know, what, a 490-yard par four playing dead into the wind. And then, obviously, 18. We saw what Jean Vandeveld did all those years ago making a seven. But, you know, back in 2018, that was playing straight down wind. Guys were hitting it into the burn off the tee. That's 420 yards. Tiger Woods, you know, he was mid-backswing and someone yelled, but he still kept it in play. Molinari made a great birdie to finish. So th that played very differently to me. Carnoustie is certainly up there. How about the bear trap? The bear trap at PGA Nationals, another one right away. Two unbelievable par threes, 15 and 17, water guarding them. Wind is always in play there. We saw Mackenzie Hughes make that 50-footer just over a year ago now in that battle with Sung J.M. And then 18 is a great par five there wind dependent as well a very long horizontal green if you go for that green and miss it left it's very hard to get up and down and then another one how about quail hollow another great finishing stretch there the green mile the long par 3 16th 17 where we saw justin thomas make that unbelievable birdie when he won the 2017 pga championship and then 18 where anything can happen we saw jason day make a quad there back in the third round of the 2017 pga but bringing it back to tbc sawgrass for me, it's probably third or fourth on my list in terms of closing stretches. It'd be awesome to see, you know, a lot of breeze gusting on the 17th hole back when, back in 2019 when Jonathan Vegas and Eddie Pepperell both made 
you know, 50, 60 foot putts in back-to-back -back groups on that Sunday. Just how awesome that was. And the 18th hole itself, too. You can't miss it anywhere left. Obviously, you see so many guys bail right. It's a great stretch of final holes, but for me, it's third or fourth. Bob, same for you. Where, where does this land in terms of finish and then overall stretch of golf holes? I think these three holes, to me, are uh, probably have the best opportunity to provide uh, excitement, drama, crashes. You know, like we've seen so many cool things happen out there. We've seen guys make an eagle on the 15th and, or on the 16th and then come around and dunk one in the water or you know it's so so the turn of events that can happen with these three holes to me is almost better than any other hole in any other stretch in golf like adam i love carnoustie um you know there's a three-hole stretch it's not the finishing but 10 11 12 at beth page black for instance is a pretty de determining um stretch of holes as well but because they're not the last three holes you don't remember them quite as much i mean you can think of all the great shots that you can remember on, I mean, I can remember Stephen Ames hitting it, making an eagle on, on 16 the year he won in 2006 on, uh, in that hole, and then coming to 17 and 18, or Craig Perks chipping in on, on 17 and 18. I mean, there's so many memories you can uh, pull out of, of ups and downs over those three holes. I think that, that, that it does that better than any other stretch, any other finishing stretch on the PGA Tour. I'm with you, Bob, uh, for everything you outlined. And again, it, it be, as a finishing stretch, uh, obviously, Amen Corner, uh, if you're looking just, you know, for what is the best stretch, maybe that that would be up there. I Like I already mentioned, 4 through 10 at Pebble Beach uh, is spectacular. But as a finishing stretch, to Bob's point, because of volatility in tournament golf as a spectator, live, TV, radio, whatever it is, I mean, it's just a captivating finish. So if... If we love Sawgrass, Carnoustie, name a few others, what's the most underrated stretch? Because I, I think there's a few. I don't think uh, 15, 16, 17 at TPC Scottsdale gets enough credit. I, I love that par 5 Island Green. Then you go to the Coliseum in normal years with 20,000 people around it. And then a drivable par 4 where we've seen guys like you know, lose the championship, going for that green at 17, running it through the back, like so much volatility. I think 15, 16, 17, for me, at TPC Scottsdale, not the best, obviously, but I just in terms of underrated, I don't think as a stretch of golf it gets enough, enough height. Bob, what will be your underrated stretch? You know what's a good stretch of holes? You talked about uh, 4 to 10 at uh, Pebble. How about 16, 17, 18 at Pebble? I mean, 18 is an iconic finishing hole where we've seen some drama happen, like just ask Jim Nelford, right, when Hale Irwin hits it off the rocks and comes back in. And, I mean, 17 is a beastly par 3, especially if the wind is up. And uh, and then 16 is, uh, I think, a very underrated 4. So, I mean, I think that, to me, also has the element of the beauty. But it, it changes a lot depending on wind and environment. A calm day, it's probably not as exciting as it is when the wind's blowing. Skulls for you, what's underrated? I'm not sure if you'd call it underrated, but how about 16, 17, 18 at St. Andrews? I mean, the way that closing stretch, the same thing Bob just said, you know, very wind and element dependent. If it switches, it can play, some would say, pretty easy. But you think back to the 2015 Open Championship, guys on the 17th tee were hitting it down the other fairway because the wind was just howling that way. And then you've got the 18th hole, which arguably is drivable, 
the fairway's 125 yards wide, where Jordan Spieth almost hit an OB back in 2015, where he's going for the quest for the Grand Slam or the third leg of the Grand Slam. But that's certainly one of the underrated uh, stretches I think of off the hop for sure. Yeah, you, uh, and there's something special about I've had a, an opportunity to play the old course a couple of times, and it's something very eerie uh, in a good way of playing the old course as, as you walk in on that nine holes coming home at St. Andrews and the town is getting bigger as you as you play a hole that you because you're getting closer and closer. There's something very uh, special about the finish at St. Andrews. Before we go to break, on the other side, we're going to uh, take a look back on the year. It's been a year since uh, COVID shut down players championship bob and i were both on the ground a year ago and man there's a lot to unpack of what's happened in, in the world but also in terms of the world of golf and how COVID affected it before we go you know what's a bit of an underrated one that we're gonna miss that i never thought got its due and i i think bob you'll agree with me because i think i've heard you say this before too underrated finish in the world of golf based on tournament golf volatility 16 17 and 18 at glen abbey yeah. How many times, yeah. Bob, down the stretch did we see that at Glen Abbey with the taking advantage of the par fives? What about the year that DJ hit at OB on 17? Right. How about the year that Tiger Woods won the tournament on Friday? The last four holes, birdie, eagle, birdie, eagle. There you there's, a, there's a transition for good. you. So if you're talking about change, volatility, excitement, I'm telling you right now, we are going to miss Glen Abbey uh, as, as a, a big part of the Canadian Open. Okay, on the other side, a year since COVID shut down the Players' Championship. We'll take a look back. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Hopefully we'll uh, get some news on PGA Tour Canada soon. Uh, with an official announcement on the season, all signs kind of pointing to there being a PGA Tour Canada McKenzie Tour to some degree this year. We don't know exactly what that is, but uh, hopeful. Every uh, everyone's hopeful, and, and it appears like they're going to be able to have a season. So that's great, uh, and that's also a great segue because it's been a year since COVID shut down the Players' Championship. Um, I remember, you know, being there, Bob, we were on location. It was eerie. It was bizarre. Going back a year, what, what do you remember of that, those two days, uh, two, three days of kind of when it started to un unfold versus where it, where it ended? What, what pops out at you a year later? Uh, a couple things. Obviously, how quickly things transitioned. You know, Tuesday, we had that Chainsmokers concert around 17th hole with 5,000 people, cheek by jowl jumping up and down and yelling and screaming. And then uh, we went from there to the first round, which was normal with people out there. It looked like a regular player's round. To the noon press conference where Jay Monahan, who looked like he hadn't slept for about 24 hours, uh, coming and saying, okay, we're going to keep going, but there'll be no fans. And then I remember in my being, sitting in my hotel room that evening, um, receiving a text from a player saying, hey, we just got a notice that the, the tournament's canceled and so are the next three. Um, so that was quick. And then the other thing that stands out was, so the next day, uh, Friday morning, 
I went up to get some interviews and, and we're standing around with all the media guys. We're standing around in front of the clubhouse waiting for players to come and empty out their lockers and grab their stuff. And we're, and as a player would come out of the, or come in, we would scrum them. So we're all standing in this big pack of people with microphones out there. Something you just never do. You haven't done that for a year. And it was sort of bizarre uh, to be doing that. And, and there was also sort of the, the fact that there was no more us and them, you know, reporters and players or whatever. Everybody was sort of in the same boat. We were all talking about the same thing. I remember I, I caught his course chase down the Canadians and right as I'm asking Nick Taylor, who's going to make his debut in the Masters that year, I said, you know, we didn't know anything about the Masters at that moment when I was talking to him. And literally, as we're talking, his phone ring, buzzes and says, oh, they've just canceled the Masters or postponed the Masters. And so it was nobody really knew what, how big this was getting. Nobody really knew what was happening. Nobody could understand what we were doing. We were all kind of like these helpless people all sort of standing around and wondering what's the next thing that's going to drop. Yeah, I missed the next day at the golf course because that night when we got the, the message that it was canceled, they put me, I mean, they sent me to Orlando immediately. I'm saying they, the PGA Tour, uh, said, you're, you're flying home because, uh, you know, there's a lot of rumors about borders closing and not being able to get home. They just, they immediately said, you're on the first flight out tomorrow morning, Orlando. I, I got in the car at them that night. It was like 10 o'clock, 930 at night, drove to Orlando. And I looked at the look at the clock. I get to Orlando. It's about one a.m. I'm on a six thirty coming home. I'm like, I'm not. What's the point of hotel room? I, I basically pull into the the parking lot in my in my Avis rental car, and sleep for a couple hours in in the parking lot uh, of the Orlando hotel and, and go through security. And it was eerie and it was bizarre. Uh, none of us knew anything yet. It, it was just. Freaky, but the one thing that points out to, to, to me that what Bob said, uh, uh, to Bob's point, Adam, is how fast things happen. I mean, the 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 NCAA tournament was postponed originally. Then it was like canceled. Then NBA. I mean, they were they were dropping like dominoes, and we still thought we were oh we're going to have a players championship with no spectators starting tomorrow is what we were originally told. Yeah, it, it was. It was just wild. It was just a wild, a wild time. You know, it, it all started out that Wednesday evening when there's the positive test in the NBA and the referees came running onto the court saying, we, we got to cancel the game. We got to cancel the game. NHL, NHL game still happened that evening. Players championship happens the next day. I remember you guys know, I, I work in the TSN sports center newsroom and the, the chaos that was going on that Thursday throughout the day, and I was logging the golf, and it was the one sense of normalcy was people are walking by saying, is this still happening? This is still, uh, yes, this is still going on. And the way it changed so much, and then for us how, you know, we were, we were live that Saturday on the air talking about what had happened, what was going to happen, and how things just kept changing for our show. It was just, it's hard to believe it was a year ago. Sometimes it feels like it was just yesterday. Sometimes it feels like it was 15 years ago. But here we are almost 365 days later and it's pretty wild and i can't believe i remember looking at uh i think it was freddie albers who i uh, said ah we'll be back to work in a month this thing will be over in 30 days that's what that yeah. <laughs> that's unbelievable but it well, but it is i was just gonna say it is amazing how fast they did get back to work because golf was one of the leaders along with nascar they were one of the first sports back and you look at where what they've done and how far they've gone i think 24 positive 
uh, COVID tests from players at site. There's some more off site, but basically no community spread. Um, it's been a huge success on the PGA Tour to have this back. And I mean, I don't know the financial ramifications. They've got to be kind of huge because of all the, you know, no fans, especially for the local committees and for charities and things like that. But uh, that was what one player told me a couple of weeks ago. He says, you know, I'm I'm shocked that we're still playing for full purses. But man, what a job by the PGA Tour. Yeah, that's where I was going to go, and that's where I was going to lead this conversation is, I mean, incredible job on so many levels. First of all, health and safety. The fact that they've been able to, 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 to do this, which is a traveling circus. They're not bubbling in a city like the NHL did in Toronto and Edmonton. This is a moving circus that they've been able to accomplish this with. Health and safety of the players, media, volunteers, incredible job by the PGA Tour. The, the fiscal job, to your point, Bob, that to keep uh, the purses where they are, sponsorships in place. When they get thrown a curveball, like Mexico Championship, there's a work day, again, stepping in and keeping this thing going. I mean, incredible job. Um, but I, I remember my first event back. I'll tell you this story because it's kind of funny. So I was nervous for obvious reasons. Um, and I, I get in the car. My first event back was the Detroit Rocket Mortgage. So I get in the car, drive down 401 on my way to, you know, to Windsor. I get to the border and, you know, I've got my visa. I got all my paperwork and it was so eerie. I mean, there was nobody at the border. I, I, you know, when you cross the border at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday, I mean, you know what that Windsor Detroit border is like lined up is there's there's trucks, there's cars. There's I mean, it was it was crickets. It was so, so bizarre. And then we get to the golf course. And we couldn't go to the golf course on the Wednesday like we normally do. So we went to the golf course on Thursday to start work. And there's like literally nobody there. It was so bizarre. And I remember calling Webb Simpson. Uh, I think it was on Saturday. He hit his first 15 greens in regulation at, uh, at uh, Detroit Golf Club. He missed the 16th green. And his first mixed green, he, he jars it from the bunker for birdie on his first mix, uh, missed green. And... And of course, like, you know, I get excited and I pop on the call and Paul Tesori, his caddy, all I can hear is, wow, that was a hell of a shot. Even the radio guy got excited. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember seeing that. That was pretty funny. But that's that's kind of what we got used to for a while, right? It was no fans, uh, quiet, no grandstands. I remember talking to Jim Furyk, said I played this tour since 1994 and there's some greens, I don't know what's behind them because there's always been a grandstand there, right? So so it was a very different scenario. And I don't know, Adam, what it was like for for you as a, a guy back here trying to follow these golf tournaments, if that made any different or not. But my, my, um, my recollection is just sort of, it, it seemed and felt a little bizarre to watch a tournament with no fans. You know what? It was the most bizarre for me. Right off the hop, obviously, it was really strange when they first got back in the Charles Schwab Challenge, the first tournament back since the COVID restart. But the one that was really weird to me was honestly Augusta National at the Masters with no patrons lining. You saw what's, what's somewhat like the ninth hole and the 18th hole. Like, they're literally side by side, which I, I've never been on the grounds. I, have, I had no idea that was the case. Some of the aerial shots they showed... It, it just looked so weird that, oh, that's what the golf course actually looks like without 40,000 people walking around or patrons walking around. It was, it's just so strange. But 
the interesting thing was last week, you know, it seemed pretty normal. I mean, there wasn't much social distancing going on on some of those holes, especially down the stretch at Bay Hill. And it's, you know, we're a year later and now it's, it felt almost relatively normal watching that broadcast yesterday in terms of fans and, and noise. Well, we're, we are in Florida for the Florida Swing, which has been the most open uh, place in, in, a, in North America since the very beginning. So that doesn't surprise me. And also, you know, you're knocking off 1.7 million people a day in vaccinations. You're, gonna, you're probably going to be a little bit more uh, uh, open to getting things open, for lack of a better uh, way of putting it. So uh, I'm, I love seeing the spectators back, guys. I, I like, I'm thrilled. It, I lo- anything that gives me any normal right now is good for, uh, good for everybody's mental health. Uh, and uh, I think the players probably fall into that same column right now to help their mental health. And to Bob's point earlier in the show, when he was talking about players that need it and Rory maybe being one of those guys, I mean, as this stuff starts to come back, we'll see how it affects certain guys' games and go from there. It's a great segue, Adam, because you mentioned how weird it was at Augusta. And I think if we were looking at a winner's weird and what of 2020, a November Masters and everything about it must have been the weirdest thing we ever saw in 2020 and experienced on the other side we're going to do winners weird and what from this week in the world of golf there's a lot to get to this is golf talk Canada. this segment of gtc presented by smartgolfdeals.com was brought to you by woodington lake golf club proud home of pga tour canada's ontario open This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada's Aquino Week. Scully, it is that time. The good, the bad, the ugly. Three dub winners, weird and what? And this week, the tea is mine. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Well, guys, my winner this week is uh, Bryson DeChambeau and his relationship with the Horseshoe Par 5 uh, six-hole at Bay Hill. Like, how much fun was that, watching him... Uh, you know, kind of flirt with going directly at the putting surface, take it on a line that's 330 carry, 340 carry, to Bob's point off the top of the show, almost being 200 yards ahead of Lee Westwood. I mean, it was it was so cool. The fans cheering him on, trying to get him to do it. Other players' reactions, Bryson's reactions. Guys, this is great for the game. It's just great for the game. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable for the game. Sorry, um, it's uh, sorry. it's unbelievable for the game to see. You know, Bryson trying new things. I, I hear people say all the time, "Oh, Bryson's not good for golf." He, cause, but I think Bryson's great for golf. He's something different. He's he's put on forty pounds of muscle. He's trying to hit the ball as far as he humanly can. He's I'm celebrating like he's won the Stanley Cup after carrying it three forty. This is awesome for the game of golf. It's awesome, it's different, it's exciting, and it was fun to watch. And now he is teasing that he might go up the ninth hole at TPC Sawgrass instead of try to play it down the 18th fairway. 
Can you imagine a line up the ninth hole from the 18th tee at Sawgrass? He said that last night of one of the holes he might choose to play differently. We'll see. I think that one's a little crazy. Okay, my weird, Robert Garmas. Bob, do you remember Robert Garmas when he knocked it in from the fairway, the walk-off eagle at Bay Hill to win that championship? I remember Greg Norman's face afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, I do. Well, you know what? He shot 92 on Friday and didn't sign his card and got disqualified. A 92. So he opened the tournament with a 79, followed it up with a 92, refused to sign his card so it doesn't get logged in the annals. Uh, apparently, though, uh, like most of the guys, if he just made a few more putts, you just need to make a few more putts, and that 92 would have been, well, an 87. <laughs> what, like 25? Down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and my what? Come on, Nick Faldo, listen. You can call a guy out. If you're a me- we're in media, we're here to cover the game, you can call a guy out who isn't playing well, okay? But there's a, there's a right way of doing things. And there's a wrong way of doing things. And Nick Faldo this week, I was not happy with the way he handled the situation with Ricky Fowler. Uh, Someone mentioned on social media about Ricky Fowler's current form and the struggles he's going through. And Faldo basically went with this kind of snide remark of, well, if he misses the cut at Augusta, he can shoot another six commercials, so he'll be fine. In other words, you know, that Ricky's really in it for the cash. And that maybe he's whole, all, too much hype and not a, not enough, you know, too much sizzle, not enough steak was kind of like the attitude that came across. And then he doubled down on it. And he said, wouldn't you rather have your name in these three books? And he posted, a, you know, a master's journals from the years he won. And then he came out with some lame apology about uh, how he was just trying to light a fire under Ricky Fowler and that. Uh, he just wants to see him do well, and that's why he, he challenged him that way. Bob, this reeks of BS to me. Uh, he should have just apologized. The doubling down, I mean, I didn't like the apology. I didn't like any of the way this went down. I'm pretty shocked, to be honest with you, that uh, Nick did this because it, it, it didn't. I, I, I don't pretend to know him all that well, but it seemed a little out of character, and it just seemed to be, man, just taking a kicking a guy when he's down, right? I just I didn't like it. Uh, you know, exactly. And again, there's a way to critique it and a way not to. Okay, that does it for me. Bob, T is now yours. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball. Well, my winner this week is uh, is the text machine. T- uh, Tiger Woods sent a text to <laughs> sent a text off to Bryson, and I thought, man, that's great. And apparently, he's texted a few guys out there. But I just love the fact that he's up and around. <laughs> Excuse me, I got him coming caught here. But he's uh, he's up and he's around and he's vibrant and he's obviously watching golf and he's obviously uh, involved in golf. I mean, I don't know how much else he can do sitting in his bed probably with the TV on. But I thought that was a really kind of a cool thing. And especially for Bryson, you could see how he was making the connection between uh, Arnold Palmer and Tiger Woods and now Tiger Woods and him. I'm not sure if that's a direct connection yet. Uh, We'll see. But I think I just think that uh, it was good news to know that Tiger is feeling well enough to kind of stay involved in what's going on with the game. So I don't know. What do you think about that, Scully? Would you like to get a a text from Tiger? Yeah, you know what? Absolutely. It's great to see Tiger, you know, taking this mentor role again. And we saw him take a similar role when he was out with all those back surgeries and, you know, becoming good friends with Justin Thomas, giving Justin Thomas advice, Ricky Fowler 
advice as well. And now, obviously, he's close with Bryson DeChambeau. So good for Tiger. We hope all the best for Tiger. I'm sure, you know, like you said, he hasn't really moved much. But, uh, you know, it's good that he's back watching the golf and, and cheering these guys on. I wonder if Mike Weir texted Corey Connors. I was actually thinking that last night. We'll have to ask Corey next time we see him. Yep. Uh, my weird this week is, Mark, have you ever thought about maybe just jumping over the hedges and sneaking on to Augusta National? And I ask you that because someone just did that. A uh, guy by the name of Grayson Beveridge, 26, who's from Martinez, which is like the next little town over from Augusta National. He was charged with criminal trespassing and obstruction, according to the Richmond <laughs> County uh, Police. He said that apparently around 1130 on Saturday night, Augusta National Security called the sheriff and said that they had a guy on their camera who was apparently running around on the golf course. So the deputies tried to get this guy and uh, as they came to the golf course, but he took off running towards a bridge uh, on Berkman's Road, which is the road that runs uh, right beside the golf course. And a little chase ensued after he, I guess, got off the golf course, and they finally found him as he was walking out in some woods somewhere. Now, just to make sure that uh, in case you are thinking about jumping onto the golf course, Mark, here's what happened. They arrested him, and uh, he had uh, he has been uh, going to be charged, and they are going to prosecute this guy. There's no letting him off easy. He will be charged with criminal trespassing and obstruction. And uh, I don't know if you've ever thought about it, Mark. But, well, Bob, uh, I have thought about don't it. Do it. Well, I have thought about it because I am 0 for 13 in the media draw at Augusta National. <laughs> I am the Susan Lucci of the media draw at Augusta National. I can tell you something, buddy. 13's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I was there for 18, so here we go. And then my what is, uh, wow, what about Phil Mickelson? For the first time since 1993, he is no longer in the top 100 on the official world golf ranking. He fell to 101 this week, and wow. that marks the first time in his career he has not been in the top 100. Phil has suggested recently that um, if his form doesn't kind of pick up, he's going to re uh, adjust his schedule perhaps and spend a little more time with the round bellies than the, the flat bellies. All right, Adam, the tea is yours. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves and I got to step on one here. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. I don't know, boys. I think Phil Mickelson has one more PGA Tour win left in him somewhere. Ooh. Maybe at Pebble Beach again. That might be a little bit of a bold TSN Edge uh, prediction there. But why not? I, I think Phil's got some a little more magic left on the PGA Tour. Maybe run at Augusta. Who knows? Anyway, my winner this week, the European Tour, as we've discussed at length, always post these great videos where you see some of their great personalities. We, we know them on the golf course, but we get to see them off the golf course and about a month ago they released an anger management video tommy fleetwood leading the way ian poulter eddie pepperell matt wallace henrik stenson martin keimer was in there as well just this hilarious video so this past week they released some of the outtakes for this and obviously these guys aren't paid actors so it took them a bunch of takes to do it was hilarious to see them you know go through go through this act because it's something that you know, they're not obviously very experienced with. Obviously, when we shoot Golf Talk Canada, there's never any bloopers because we never make any errors when, when we shoot Golf Talk Canada. But uh, in all seriousness, no, awesome to see the European Tour release this kind of video, Bob. To, we get to see these guys' personalities off the golf course. The European Tour has done just such an awesome job with this thing. And you, go, you can go back and look at all the things they've done. And they, you know, they've done a great job at actually humanizing these guys, just making them so much fun and and you get a little peek into their sense of humor i love it yeah exactly good on the european tour okay my weird this week 
Johnny Menzel, he's tr he wants to turn golf. Pro he wants to turn professional on the golfing stage. What? Like why? Why? He, he, okay, so he's about a, a .4 index or so. He wants to, you know, take 12 years, dedicate himself, try to become professional. I mean, Mark, this. It's I don't bizarre. know what to say to this. This is just so bizarre. Yeah, I don't even know where it comes from. It is bizarre. And let me tell you something. There is a big difference from uh, a point four to playing the game for a living. These guys are plus seven, plus eight handicaps, okay? I mean, if you're a plus two or three handicap, you got no shot at playing this game for a living. So absolutely bizarre head scratching, thus you're weird. Thus my weird, that's for sure. I mean, all the be it'd be awesome to see him try, but uh, it's just a strange story. Uh, my what this week in closing, so the NBA had their uh, all-star game Sunday evening, and they always have their skills competition as well. And that got me thinking, what would a PGA Tour skills contest look like? I think it'd be kind of a, a cool little thing. So, you know, maybe you'd have a longest drive. That would obviously be one of them. Maybe... A speed golf, the European Tour has done things where, you know, how fast can you play a hole? It might be a bit of a different, you know, exercise where you're sprinting down the fairway with one club. Maybe a game of horse where you're trying different shots. Maybe some of that, the big break back in the day when they had those yeah. where you uh, shot pop over the wall. The glass. Yeah. yeah. So what do you, what do you think, uh, Mark? Uh, what do you think about it? What, what was that event? Guys, do you remember the event? that it was it was never like the big names in the game like i'd love to see dj rory bryson do like the skills competition like saying but what was that event in december from florida where they all sit around in the chairs bob and they do like a little skills competition do you remember that event uh they would all have always be sitting around in director's chairs and it was like okay we're gonna do the sand shot now and we're gonna do this and it was always a mixed bag of guys past their prime champions to our forget the name of it do you remember that i don't remember that one no that one doesn't ring a bell to me but it sounds like it could be a good a good revival what about if we did uh, uh one of the skills competition at uh, patrick reed how many rules violations you can have in 440 <laughs> yards like it's a 440 yard par four we're looking for three rules violations who can uh that takes the cake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Oh, that is good. Okay, boys. On the other side, we'll get you caught up on leaderboards. Uh, as well as official World Golf Rankings, there were some changes, as well as FedEx Cup. We'll get you caught up on all things GTC as we return to television this week for Golf Talk Canada TV. All coming up on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we wrap up another show. Let's do some leaderboard updates from the world of golf brought to you by Bushnell, the number one range finder in all of golf. Visit them at bushnellgolf.com. Of course, Bryson DeChambeau gets it done on the PGA Tour with a one-shot win over Lee Westwood. A three-shot victory over Corey Connors becomes the first two-time winner on the PGA Tour this season. And that win vaults him to the top of the FedEx Cup points list. He is now number one. 
just above Vic, uh, just above Patrick Cantley, Victor Hovland in third, Xander Shoffley in fourth, DJ holding on to that fifth spot. And in the official World Golf Rankings, that win for Bryson DeChambeau moves him from 11th all the way up to 6th. Xander Shoffley, 5th. Colin Morikawa, 4. Justin Thomas, 3. John Rahm, 2. And Dustin Johnson remains the number one player in the world with a very large margin right now over John Rahm. So DJ likely not moving out of that one spot anytime soon. On the LPGA Tour, Austin Ernst uh, commanding five-shot win at the LPGA Drive-On Championship over Jennifer Cupcho. Uh, of course, that name familiar with the Augusta Amateur Championship that she won a couple of years ago. So uh, now playing well on the LPGA Tour. All right, guys. Busy week in the world of golf for Golf Talk Canada. TSN, the Players' Championship, golf's fifth major, golf's greatest field on golf's greatest stadium. Uh, it kicks off Thursday, TSN uh, afternoon, TSN uh, 4, Wednesday afternoon, we make our return to television. Golf Talk Canada, 60-minute preview of the Players' Championship. A 60-minute preview of the Players' Championship, Wednesday afternoon, TSN 4. We're back for Season 6 of Golf Talk Canada Television. Uh, Bob, myself, Scully, that kicks off our new TV season this Wednesday TSN and CTV, you're home for the Players' Championship. You watch golf's fifth major Saturday, Sunday, as we watch them come down the stretch. It's going to be amazing. I love the players. It is up there with the back nine at Sunday on Augusta and Sunday singles at Ryder Cup. It's appointment TV. You must be watching, or in my case, listening, as I'll be on the call this week for PGA Tour Radio, so I'll be listening to our broadcast. But what I'm trying to get to is you can't miss it. It's one of the best Sundays of the year. I absolutely love it. And then, guys, next week, 10 a.m. to 12 noon, not only can you listen to Golf Talk Canada Radio, you can watch us next week on TSN2 right here, simulcasting in the time slot, 10 a.m. to noon. Our new time slot as we put a bow on the Players' Championship in our wrap-up show. We will do our picks this week, guys. Of course, part of our TSN fantasy edge hit that we do every week for Golf Talk Canada. I'm not going to ask you for your picks. I don't want all three of them. We're going to give you two favorites and a value play that we love this week for the Players' Championship. We're going to do that Wednesday afternoon. But right now, one name only. Right now, where are you leaning as your favorite? Scully? You know what? It's his time. Jordan Speed. He's going to get it done. Oh, oh my. He goes to Jordan Spieth. I love it. Okay, why, Skulls? Why Jordan Speed? You know what? Like he's, he's played well here before. He's had a great little run as of late. And I, I think it's his time. He's had enough you know, close calls here. He, he said he hit the ball really well yesterday, just couldn't find the hole on, on the putting surfaces. I, I think it's Jordan Spieth's time. I think it'd be a great story. We've seen some great, quote-unquote, comeback stories happen earlier uh, this year as well with Brooks Kepka. Obviously, he's not in the field this week. Uh, Jordan Spieth is my guy this week at the players. Bob, one pick, one name right now. I'm going with the guy at the top of the list. I'm going with DJ. I think uh, it was a little blip that last uh, event where he kind of finished way down the pack. I think he's ready, and I think this is a big enough event that he's uh, he'll get hungry enough even though you'll never know just by his demeanor. But I think he'll be hungry enough and looking for, uh, for another big victory. I'm going Colin Morikawa. Colin Morikawa leads the PGA Tour in strokes gained approach. I think that's a huge category around this golf course. You've got to be a great iron player. 
Um, I think the golf course we played two weeks ago for the World Golf Championship, although visually looked very different, uh, it plays very similar to TPC Sawgrass in the sense that maybe the best iron player will rise to the top. So my favorite is Colin Morikawa. But we're going to have another pick for you guys and a value play come Wednesday on TSN uh, for our uh, Golf Talk Canada TV and for TSN Edge. So make sure you tune in Wednesday for that. 20 Weeks of TaylorMade is returning the week of the Masters. You can win by following us on social media at Golf Talk Canada, <clears throat> excuse me, at Golf Talk Canada on Twitter and Instagram. If you follow us on both those platforms at Golf Talk Canada, you're going to have a chance at 20,000, 20,000 in TaylorMade product that we give away throughout the summer, starting with the Masters week. And we will eventually end with a grand prize custom set through the bag, TaylorMade tour experience to our grand prize winner. That kicks off Masters week, 20 weeks of TaylorMade. And we're going to have some more information in the next couple of weeks about more ways you can increase your chance of winning. So the more you can increase your chances, the better chance you have of getting it done. That's coming up in a few weeks. And uh, we'll look forward to those uh, announcements coming momentarily. Again, we're back, TSN TV, this Wednesday for our Season 6 debut. We are back Monday in this time slot for radio, as well as simulcasting on TSN 2, 10 a.m. to noon. And TSN is your home for all major championship golf, including the Players' Championship, this Saturday and this Sunday, TSN and CTV, as we bring you golf's fifth major. Guys, have a great week. Maybe we get outside and hit some golf balls this week. I'm seeing temperatures of 10, 11, 12, 13 degrees. Forget indoor season. Get me outside. It's time to go. Leafs lunch coming up next. Andy Petrillo. Man, the Leafs. I'm starting to believe. I'm, I'm be, you know what? I'm biting. I'm buying into this. I'm starting to believe, but only my luck. I have waited for this my entire life. It will be my luck that they win the Stanley Cup in an empty stadium when I'm not allowed to go. Leafs lunch <laughs> coming up next. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21 and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.